This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. Thanks for joining us again for another great episode. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find most of our shows and other resources that will help you lead well. I am your host, Mitch Gray, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, Small Business and Leadership Consultant. Have a great guest on our show today who I've um, built a really nice friendship with over the last year or so, Dr. Keith McNally. Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show, finally. Hey, Mitch. It's good to be here. Yeah, we've tried a few times to make this happen, and here we are. So we're going to dive into some cool stuff. Um, Keith, you are a doctor of education serving over 15 years in higher education. You're the founder of Digital Vision LLC. That is an education company creating dynamic opportunities for young people. And of course, you're building business partnerships through and with education. So I want to start... Um, with this question, I like beginning with a big question. And okay. uh, so I'm going to start here. You use on your social media and in all of your uh, content on your website, you use a phrase that I love, and that is lifelong learners. Yeah. So let's start with from there. What what exactly does it look like to be a lifelong learner? It looks like a lot of work but it's work that definitely pays off over the long over the long haul so uh, a lot of people use that phrase in, in in life you know a lot of us use it in the educational space and it's really just about always wanting to investigate always wanting to find out more now you said i was a doctor and so i'm a doctor that means i've actually got a terminal degree um, did my bachelor's, master's, and my doctorate. But that lifelong learning doesn't necessarily mean you've got to be in the classroom. It just means that you could be continually getting certifications or you could continually, uh, you know, finding books that are of interest to you, continually engaging in thinking and learning, um, even if it's just more about what you already know or you want to pivot to something new. And so by constantly having that, that mindset that I want to, I want to know more, uh, really exposes you to so much about life in and itself. Mm. And then of course, over the period of all of your life, you're much more enriched and rewarded for it. Yeah. So what's the application? You mentioned a lot of ways that people can be learning. What, what in your mind is the application daily availability when someone approaches from the perspective of being a lifelong learner. So uh, are you asking more in the sense of, do I need to sign up for a class or, or how are they approaching that learning experience? Yeah. Basically how can they apply it? Whether they're reading books, sign up for a class, um, continuing their education. What, in other words, the perceptive perspective of learning is an intentional perspective. It's mm-hmm. something that we raise our awareness to. So how does that become applicable 
in everyday life. If someone reads a book or signs up for a class or goes to their local community college to maybe get an, you know, an, an added associate's degree, what value does that really bring to someone's everyday life? Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. And so I usually talk about the student experience, the learning experience from a third person's perspective. And so I've got a couple of stories. I know some stories firsthand, secondhand, and thirdhand. And one of my favorite stories is about Tammy. And Tammy uh, at the time was a 13-year-old, you know, middle school student. And her her community was engaged in a lot of uh, commercial and residential uh, reconstruction. They were building apartment complexes, new buildings, things like that. But she was a science nerd. And this really, when she thought about what was going on and she recognized that the local wildlife, which was generally rural at the time, and now they're making it more, you know, uh, urban setting, the wildlife was losing their homes. And right. so whether it be right. bear, deer, or foxes or birds. And so she wanted to create awareness of the situation and then really a you know, address the situation to the local community, mm -hmm. uh, whether business owners, you know, homeowners, residents, uh, you know, the local mayor, all of those people, she thought either weren't recognizing the reality of it or were ignoring that. So she wanted to raise awareness for these issues. And so that's really where the application comes in. So you talk mm -hmm. about, well, how do we apply what we've learned? And so one, she loves science. And so she's always out there. She's always finding out things. She's always got her microscope. She's always taking samples. That's her thing. That's her space. And But when you then say, well, something's wrong here. There's an imbalance. I want to do something about it. That's the application. What do I want to do about it? Do I want to save, save the animals? Do I want to just make people aware? Or you know, do we just ignore the problem altogether? So what do you do with that information? So, so you alluded to something there that's kind of interesting. You, you, when you're talking about Tammy and her uh, curiosity, really her mm -hmm. propensity towards science. Yeah. If someone, if someone's saying, okay, they're listening to this and they're hearing you talk about, you know, what powerful application they can use on new knowledge that they gain. And they're saying, okay, I, you know, I, I want to entertain the idea of exploring new topics, whatever, being a lifelong learner. Is it to their advantage to, to ask themselves, you know, what am I really curious about? What, what am I, uh, what am I bent towards? What is my personality? Does that, can that help empower that learning? I think it's innate. Um, you know, I think back to when I was, you know, say Tammy's age, 11, 12, 13 years old. And, you know, my passion was, was Lego bricks. And so mm -hmm. if you look on my back wall, I still have artifacts of, of Lego. And so that was kind of the foundation that I wanted to build. And so I think innately, in some respects, we all have that, that knowledge of where we are and what we want to do. And so, for example, my daughter, she's 11 and she loves to paint and she loves to draw. She, that's how she expresses herself. That's how she expresses um, her thoughts, her feelings, you know, her mood at that time. So I really do believe that 
that's part of who we are. And that really drives where we go in life and really drives our passion and direction. So let's kind of flip the script. Let's t- we're talking about, you know, continuing that, that, uh, that curious behavior through constant learning, reading books, signing up for classes, maybe getting an advanced degree, whatever that looks like for anyone listening. But let's kind of flip the script to talk about, you know, maybe in the workplace with leaders. I love the analogy you just gave where your daughter loves to draw and and different things, depending on how she feels. Really, what we're talking about is everyone has their own personality. Everyone has their own curiosity. So how can leaders in the workplace specifically, what, what are some things that they can do? I've looked at your website and one of the front, one of the front uh, facing items of your website is empowering the next generation of professionals. Absolutely. So what, what can, what are some things that a leader can do to really tap into those propensities that you call innate? Hmm. So when we look at that from a leadership perspective is really about finding out who your people are, you know, we generally hire and bring people on because they've got a certain skill set, but it's then over time talking to them, learning about them, spending lunches with them, whatever it is, we really find out or we should find out what makes them up, what makes them who they are. What books do they read? You know, what do they watch on TV? What are their favorite movies? Um, what what is their what are their aspirations for uh, continuing with the company or continuing their own career? You know that's when we find out you know what makes them tick. Absolutely. Yeah. So if we want to empower them and engage them and make them the next generation of great professionals, we really need to know where they're starting from. And so they may be here for some people. They may be working for you because. They want to get to the next place right. in their profession. And this is just a jumping point or a starting point where others are here because, you know, there's always that question that we're asked that when we're hiring, where do you want to be in five years? And so mm-hmm. how do you answer that question? Well, if you were really truthful about that, that question is coming from your passions and your drive. Mm-hmm. It may not be specific to the job that you're applying for, but who knows at that time? So really leaders, bosses, managers, uh, and really to get the best out of your people, you got to know them, you know, right. you really right. got to know them. And so uh, for, <laughs> and I could go back to jobs that I've worked in, in the classroom, a lot of that is for me as the instructor, teacher, professor, whatever that title is, it's saying, because when I taught in the classroom, I teach IT, you know, and information technology. You, you, we tend to think it's, it's maybe this one thing. It's, it's about software development, but it's not. It's about a whole lot of different things. So infrastructure, programming, cloud computing, and I could go on. And sometimes when somebody's in my classroom, within a couple of days or a couple of weeks, they're, <laughs> they're coming back to me and saying, this is not really what I thought right, it was, right. right? So I say, well, I know you're here and you've got to be here. You've already invested the time, you know, stick it out. But now this is the time for you to learn where you fit in, you know, 
what part of IT, because IT is so big and, and it, it offers so much to the individual and they know they want to be in IT. They want to be in that space, but figuring out where is, can be challenging. And so they've got time. And so we kind of get to explore because we can do that in the classroom. That's why I love the classroom so much. We get the opportunity to explore different things. It's not just about one thing. We could take this and learn it. Then, you know, what's over here? What's over here? And, you know, in cloud, you know, we talk about the cloud, not the ones in the sky, but the ones in our cyber world. There's so much out there that we can just explore forever and never really get tired of it. Yeah. So that really relates to um, when when someone is working through this learning or even decision making, you know, you kind of just gave that example of someone. I, I think anyone that's been to college can relate to getting a month or two in and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is not my youngest daughter just actually went through that same process and she kind of got placed in the wrong class. She really mm-hmm. shouldn't have been placed in that class. And she gets a month and a half, two months in, and it's like, I'm failing and have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And it's like, so all of us have been in that situation one, one time or another in life, but that's a, that's a great example of what that can feel like. And it's, it's really a stress filled kind of overwhelming situation. And that, that takes us to this idea of consistent, constant learning, but also decision-making. And so how, how can you relate for the listeners, the idea of, you know, maybe creating a process of thought or idealism that they use to apply to learning, decision-making, et cetera, because really for, if, if we're honest, we're always making decisions almost every second of the day. And, the, and, and it's almost countless of how many decisions we make from what am I going to eat for lunch to what am I going to drink to where am I going to spend my money? Where am I going to live? And so how can someone learn or, or apply, you know, this idea of maybe a thinking process that can really empower them to, you know, live at that next level of learning and curiosity? That's a good question. And so when I'm in the classroom, you know, I teach adult learners, but I think really the process of thinking about thinking needs to be taught as early as possible. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I value a process called PBL or project-based learning. And so it's a very structured methodology to, to help people think about their thinking, think about the decisions, strategizing a process to go from point A to point B to point C. And even though it says PBL or project-based learning and people in the academic world and the K-12 world, and it doesn't matter where in the education space you are, they're re- they recognize that acronym and they understand its process, but it's really applicable to life. So, you know, I've talked to, talked to my daughter about this, both from a classroom perspective and, you know, as she's growing older, uh, being 11 and hopefully soon, you know, moving into uh, the teenage years. And so she's going to need to be able to make decisions um, that if they're made incorrectly can negatively impact her. But if they're made correctly, they're going to positively impact her. So there's three core structures that I think are, are very, very important. And I call it I2C. So two I's and a C, meaning inquiry, investigation, and collaboration. Uh, you should be really able to, when you're faced with a situation 
ask questions about the situation. Typically, when if we if we don't have a thought process or a, sh a strategic way of approaching things, we tend to stop. You know, we we tend to 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 move into a situation where, uh, okay, I'm now faced with a decision, and I don't want to use the word problem or issue. I have to make a decision. Right. Go left. Go right. Go up. Go down. Go forward dig a hole and, you know, put my head in it. You got to make a decision. Uh, but in order to make the appropriate decision, uh, it's really important to just start asking questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, foundationally, we, we asked the, the, the W questions, who, what, where, when, why? And then, of course, we asked the how. So if we don't think about that, we tend to not do things. You know, when we don't know what to do, we don't do anything. But if you, you know, you start thinking about, well, what's, the decision that I have to make. And literally you could ask yourself, what decision, you know, what's the problem? What decision do I have to make? What are my options? You know, who can help me? Hmm. How did I get here? There's the how, um, you know, by what time or when do I need to make a decision? So all, the, and when you start allowing yourself to think, you know, your brain actually response it starts to think right. Right. It, it doesn't stop it, it wants to engage and that's part of our natural mental processes we want to think so if if you don't allow your brain to think it's not going to think so if you think there's no if you hit a brick wall and i can't do anything you're not going to think about it your emotions tend to take over but what we really want to do is we want our thinking to take over and so you just have that as as a foundation the who what where when why and how and then and then go find out, you know, find out the who, find out the what, find out the how. Um, regardless, if, if, if your thing is Google, go to Google, you know. But if your thing is your parents or your peers or your boss or a friend or a colleague, somebody that you trust, your aunt or uncle, there's people to ask. There, there's ways of finding out information. As long as you have a question, somebody could give you an answer, right? And then... The other third, you know, collaboration. Sometimes you can't do it alone. You know, right. I would say right. if I had an easy button, if I had a situation and I know the person to call, I want to hit that easy button. I want to hit that person's name and say, hey, can we talk, you know, yeah. or can I bring somebody else into the picture? Um, even if it's just for hear me out, you know, just think, you know, reflect upon what I'm saying. You don't give me an answer reflect back, give me some feedback. And that's a lot of times how I approach things. I right, say, right. no, I have, I have to do something, whatever that something is. And I don't really have all the information about it to make an appropriate decision. But if you can give me some feedback, just based on your perception, your perception of the situation, your perception of me, whatever that is, I, I think there's people who are willing to do that. Yeah, I haven't met too many people not willing to do that, even right. if it's negative right. feedback saying, you know, you should don't do it at all. Do something yeah. else. Well, at least that's something. <laughs> it's yeah. something to start with. But it's the thinking process and then it's the investigation process and then working together with others. I, I really think are the three critical components uh, to, to successful learning, to, to be quite honest. Is there a, is there a way that people, is there a way that people can practice that the idea that you've just proposed, because really what you're talking about is a strategy to living, um, and, and, 
And anytime we learn new behaviors, there has to be a repetition and a practice. It, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen, right? We don't just wake up and go, well, that's a great idea that Keith shared. So I'm going to put it in, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. So are there some ideas that maybe people can use, um, to, to practice that thought process? I love that idea of, you know, inquiry, asking questions, and you gave some, some other thoughts there could, you know, maybe they start by journaling those thoughts, or maybe they get an accountability partner and share this, this theory. What, what are some things that people can do to kind of start practicing that idea of this process of thinking, um, when life, you know, kind of tends to face us? When, when life is comes life, right? When Absolutely. life is life. Yeah. When life, when life is life. So, um, I tend to value writing everything down. And if you saw the part of my desk that you can't see, there's books and journals. And there's a lot of people out there that really do talk about, you know, keeping journaling. Um, yes. And, you know, my, I t- I'll tell that to my daughter and she, she kind of gives me this look. You want me to write things down? <laughs> and so, yeah, I do. I, I do. I want yeah. you to write things down. One because we're not going to remember everything that we think about. So when it's written down, it's, we, there's, we have access to it. Right. Uh, two, you talk about accountability. You know, you said you talk about an accountability partner, but accountability to self mm. has to be mm. first. Now we may need an accountability, someone else, like an accountability partner to say, Hey, and I talked to uh, a lady this morning, actually, and she's a professional certified coach and speaker. And one of the things that she talked about in order to make her business continually successful is accountability. Yes. You know, we put ourselves on a path, but, and we set goals for that path. So we're going to do something, we're going to do something today. We're going to do something for the week. We're going to do something for the two weeks and the month and so forth. We write those things down. One, it's a way for us to be accountable. Did I reach my goal today? We have the week. Did I reach my goal for the week? And whatever that is, it could even be, you know, if it's simple as I need to smile more often. Well, what does that mean? What is smiling more often? Is you always have a smile on your face? There are most of the times throughout the day, you are not smiling. You got work to do and it's not a happy thing. But if we say, if we put down for our to-do list for today, I want to smile three times, mm-hmm. right? Well, then you say, well, let's put it in an application because you talked about application earlier. When or where or in what situation do you want to apply that smile? You know, do you want to apply that smile when you're talking with somebody? Do you want to apply that smile when you've you've done a difficult task and you accomplished it, mm. you know, we've talked before and you said, every time I have a success, celebrate it. Celebrate so it, yeah. what better yeah. time to smile than to celebrate a success? Yeah. Because we know that in between successes, there's work to do. And so we're probably not smiling. And I know that's kind of a really simple, you know, analogy or example, but keeping yourself accountable the be- one of the best ways to do it, at least for me, and this is what I recommend for our bells, is to write things down. Yeah. You know, have that. Pl- and we talk about, and, and you know, I, I could go to Stephen Covey or you know Dale Carnegie, uh, planning 
execution, seeing the end, and then planning towards the, that goal, setting up a calendar, daily calendar, weekly calendar. You know, there's, there's really a lot to life that we don't think about, or at least that's mm. not taught. And I always wondered why, you know, why are certain people quote unquote successful and others, maybe not so much, you know? And so I've read those older books and that every generation, right. there's a, there's a new person with the same ideas. It's just new words and new terminology. Yeah. It's really the same idea. Successful people plan things out, you know, mm. we talk about going on a trip. Well, you, some people just grab some lunch and hop in the car, you know, put gas in the tank and go wherever the wind takes them. Right. But generally speaking, um, what about the first aid kit? <laughs> How right. much money do you want to spend? Who's going with you? Who, who, who are you telling that you're going somewhere so that in case you don't get there or you break down or something, you should call somebody or there needs to be that accountability. Hey, are you safe at the very least? Um, way back in the day, if, if you would allow me, um, this is when I was 20 some years ago, you know, when I was in my twenties, I, I used to be an avid uh, bike rider. I used to have a road bike, not a, not a dirt bike, but a road bike. So I would just go and just ride. But one day <laughs> I went riding. And so my goal was to make it from a little town in North Carolina to, I think my goal was to just get into Virginia or Chesapeake. And so I live over here in the East coast didn't tell anybody just kind of did the basics backpacks and foods monies things like that and i was i was i was not i was good into the i started you know i was good into the travel and then on the road the it crossed over railroad tracks crossed over the path you know crossed mm. over the road but typically railroad tracks have they're designed where it's a smooth you know it, that raises up the road and it levels with the track so you're not hitting the track right. bam now however that wasn't in place so my little wheel you know this is a road bike hits the track mm. right so the wheel bends i'm going flying i hit a tree i have no idea literally where i am have no idea what I look like and nobody knows I'm out there, you know? So I literally have to walk a mile to the next town. I just kept on walking because there wasn't anything behind me. I kept on walking, um, got into a Walmart and, uh, you know, I didn't, and I'm, I don't know, but I'm bloody on my face because oh, wow. I hit a tree, I hit the ground. I'm bloody. And I don't know it because I don't have that care in the mirror. Anyway, the, the idea is you got to plan. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you got to plan that trip yeah. because things, life happens, because yeah. things happen. And so asking no questions, you know, who, who's my backup partner? Who's going to back up in case I get an accident? You know, how much money do I want to bring? You know, what type of resources am I carrying with me? All those things should be planned out. And you just write them down, you know, put them on a notepad and keep them with you. Yeah. That's a lot of story, but I have stories. 
Well, it provides a lot of application and, and life circumstance because life does happen. And it just, yeah. uh, I, I would say, yeah, be a planner unless you're willing to not be a planner. And then that's your decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and just, just know if that's the case that you may hit a tree and not know where you're at. So just be prepared for that. <laughs> but, but in reality, you know, there's, you know, we've talked before and there's lots of times I've made decisions and I've hit yeah. brick walls, you know, yeah. in the uh, metaphorical you know, for right. I had a brick wall, I had, I had stopped. And so you, where do I go? Left or right, up and down, yeah. you know, or do I dig a hole and put my head in it, you know? So, yeah. So without that, we have to have alternatives. We have to know when we can go forward, when we have to go left, when we have to go right. And, you know, who do I call to get right. some feedback? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Keith, any, any last message you want to leave with the people and also where can they, uh, stay in contact with you or reach out to you? Well, I'm always on LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn is always a good place to find me do, do the whole LinkedIn thing forward slash all of my contact information is Dr. Keith McNally. So it's D R K E I T H M C N A L O Y. My first and last Perfect. name. So whether it's on LinkedIn or YouTube or even my website, it's all Dr. Keith McNally. So you can find me uh, www.drkeithmcnally.com on YouTube, uh, Dr. Keith McNally. And of course, on LinkedIn, Dr. Keith McNally. It's kind of like, I was really proud at the time that I got my doctorate. Uh, but now it's kind of a, a tongue in cheek thing saying, you know, because there's lots of Keith McNally's out there. And one of the things I had to differentiate, this is another story. There's actually Keith McNally in New York. He's, he owns a restaurant or a chain of restaurants. Okay. And so if you were to Google Keith McNally, you'd more than likely get him. Get him. And so, yeah. and, and he's, and yeah, and he'll, he'll fill a couple pages of Google, you know, page right. one and page two. So in order to differentiate me from him, I had it to doctor to everything that you would, you would, you would Google. So if you, when you doctor, when you Google, when you Google Dr. Keith McNally, you get me. Awesome. It's your, it's your differentiator. We'll take it. I appreciate <laughs> that. We'll take it. Hey, Keith, thanks for coming on the uh, Mitch Gray show and, uh, and sharing with us your input and advice and wisdom on being a lifelong learner and the process of learning. Um, love hey, it. So thanks it. for coming Thank on. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. Please subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. And again, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, for all of our shows and other uh, tools and videos for your use. Be sure to check out our new website, recruitgreatpeople.com. If you're a business leader, hiring leader, you'll find some really great free tools there. You can order our new book and you can uh, sign up for our newsletter. The How to Hire and Keep Great People newsletter, weekly newsletter with tips and tricks for you to build your all-star team. We hope you're well. Have a great day and we will see you next time.